Before we jump in, I want to thank a couple of my friends for sponsoring today's episode and making it possible. A couple of weeks ago, I told you about my friends over at Samaritan's Purse and talked to you about how you can fill up shoeboxes to be sent around the world and share the gospel with millions of kids literally around the world. Super cool ministry. Unfortunately, National Collection Week is over, but there is still time to share the good news of Jesus Christ by building a shoebox online. Building a shoebox online, it's super easy. It's really fun. You can simply select the gifts and Samaritan's Purse will pack it for you and then they'll send it to a child in need. Every box built online goes to some of the hardest to reach countries or regions in the world. Many of these areas are resistant to the gospel for cultural or religious reasons and are home to numerous unreached people groups. The shoebox built online have been delivered to over 25 hard to reach nations because they meet specific requirements, they pass strict custom regulations, and they're culturally sensitive. When you build the shoebox online, it provides believers in these remote regions a creative way to share the good news of Jesus Christ in a culturally sensitive manner. You can visit SamaritansPurse.org forward slash build online to start building your shoebox online today. Again, that's SamaritansPurse.org forward slash build online. I also want to thank my friends over at Western Rise for sponsoring today's episode. Let me tell you, owning one really quality pair of pants can replace a bunch of cheap pairs of pants. I know from experience, I own the Evolution Pants by Western Rise, and they are the most versatile pants I own, and I have ditched my stiff, uncomfortable jeans completely. I can wear them from the plane to a meeting, going to the golf course if I want to go out hiking or go out to dinner with Layla out on a date night. These are the most versatile pants possible. They're the best travel pants. They're ultra comfortable for just everyday use. They're water and stain resistant. They have four-way stretch. They're ultra light. They have a hidden zip pocket, media pocket, stretch waistband. And they also shed all kinds of drinks and spills when my four-year-old knocks over my coffee and spills on me in the morning. You can literally just wipe off the liquid. They're an amazing pair of pants. They also have a pocket perfect for my wallet when I'm traveling and they never wrinkle. I'm telling you guys, these are the best pants I own. If you want to upgrade your dad pants, you need to get rid of your old stiff jeans and get a pair of these Evolution pants, along with all the other amazing clothing that Western Rise makes. You can go to westernrise.com, get a pair of their pants, the Evolution pants, or any of their clothing. Use the promo code DADTIRED. You'll get 15% off. Again, go to westernrise.com. Use the promo code DADTIRED to get your discount today. I'm recording this episode on a Tuesday around 9 a.m. And uh, I just got back from dropping my kids off at school. We homeschool, but two days a week, we drop our kids off at a classical Latin school where they uh, do a full day of instruction. And we've been having family with us for the last over a week now. And, uh, and so they're leaving today, which always causes big emotions in kids because they've, you've had family here and now it's just a change of schedule and scenery and, uh, it's just a disruption to their emotions. And in particular, one of my daughters was struggling with the idea that my family is now leaving back across the country and won't be here with us anymore. And so even last night, I could sense that this was going to turn into a, a big deal. And sure enough, this morning, as we were trying to get our kids to school, one of my daughters just goes into complete meltdown mode, will not go to school, will not get out, won't brush her teeth, won't get dressed and, and so on. And so this this just starts the morning off, you know, six o'clock in the morning, and we're starting our day off with um, full blown meltdown. I'm literally having to like almost pin her down to put her shoes on and to put her jacket on and say, you know, you, you got to get in the car, which she will not do. She's just refusing to get into the car. So then we have to literally drag her. So now you know neighbors are getting in, getting out, getting ready to work, and get their kids off to school. And so this becomes a spectacle in our neighborhood. 
So I'm dragging my child into the car and then we drive to the school and the meltdown continues. In fact, it just escalates. It just continues to get worse. And as we're getting there, she's refusing that she will go to school. Turns into a whole thing. We literally have to drag her out of the car. There are other parents in the parking lot. There are teachers. She's screaming. She's literally hitting and screaming and kicking. And and it just turned into a whole thing. Even to this point right now, we ended up leaving after about 45 minutes in the parking lot of just trying to manage a meltdown. The meltdown continued even as we left. We just had to leave and a teacher said, I'll try to take care of this, but you should get out of here. And so that is fresh on my mind. Um, Literally, as I'm sitting here right now speaking into this microphone, that's the, the, (laughs) the strongest and most prominent thing going through my brain, as you can imagine. All of these things are bringing up all kinds of emotions in me. I feel anger at her behavior. I feel frustrated that this is the tone set for the day. I still have my family here and was hoping to do a few more things today before I take them to the airport. And this has kind of dampened the whole day. I'm embarrassed uh, at um, having to try to parent my child on the fly in front of people, which is super embarrassing. I'm embarrassed that I run a ministry called Dad Tired where I'm trying to help dads lead their family well. And right now I feel like I have no idea what I'm doing. And so that's just a really embarrassing feeling. I feel hopeless because I don't know what to do when I think through, okay, how do I handle my child in this situation there? Most of me feels like I have literally zero idea what to do. And then I just feel fearful that when I think through Today, I I fast forward that or expand that zoom out to five years from now. And I'm like, what is this behavior? What is this going to look like in our home and in our parenting and in our child in the teen years? And that's really, really scary to me. So I say all that because I know that so many of you can relate to those emotions. Many of you are raising children who are strong-willed, who have big emotions, however you want to word that. And so you, everything I just described, you're just maybe the only thing that you'll get from today's podcast is just you're like taking a big breath of relief that there are other (laughs) parents who can relate. And there are. I mean, if I have more thoughts for us today and more ways that I'm trying to process through the lens of the gospel, but if all you take is that there are other parents, that, that is true. There are tons of other parents who are going through what I've just described to you and what what you're going through probably in your house. And so just don't want you to feel alone in that. I also want you to know this as I, I came home, got in the shower, just try to, I find myself normally getting quiet in these emotions when I feel totally stuck and hopeless and kind of those, all those emotions frustrated, all those emotions that I just described to you. I've been finding myself, when I was younger, I used to more, have more outbursts and kind of be more verbally spew. Um, and now I find myself just like getting more internal and trying to process things internally. And I'm trying to figure out how to do that in a healthy way to not just completely silence myself out, shut myself out from everyone, but like take the appropriate time to to be quiet and to ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, what do you want to speak to me in the middle of this? What feels chaotic in my brain? So I just jumped in the shower and just asked the Lord to calm my spirit, to give me wisdom. But one of the things that I was thinking of is, you know, there's just no greater ministry. You know, I write books. <laughs> about parenting. I run this podcast and uh, we do conferences and I've dedicated my life to try to figure out what it looks like to parent well and to help other parents think through what it looks like for them to be the spiritual leaders of their home. But I say all that because there's literally no greater ministry that I could be doing than to think through how to shepherd the hearts of my children really well in my own home. 
And that's true for you, whether if you're parenting a strong-willed child or any child, you probably feel like there's lots of things you could be doing that would make a bigger impact in the kingdom, whether that serving at your church or volunteering some homeless ministry or fostering children or selling everything you have and picking up all your stuff and moving across the country to be a missionary. All those things are awesome and needed, but they do not compare, in my humble opinion, to the ministry that is happening in the walls of your home of shepherding your children's hearts. And man, it's just like these books that I'm doing, (laughs) this podcast, cool. I hope you're encouraged by it. I hope there's tons of people who are encouraged by it, but literally the greatest work that I will do in ministry is going to happen in my home when this microphone is not on. And the same is true for you. The greatest ministry that you will accomplish in your lifetime, maybe, but for sure in these years while you have children in your home will be the way that you shepherd them now. And so I just want you to be reminded of that, like before the foundations of the world, God knew you, he knew the children that he would give to you, he knew the work that he wanted to accomplish in their hearts and in your heart, and it's on purpose. And he will enable you and equip you and give you the wisdom and endurance and strength to accomplish what he set out in you and for you and for your children and for his kingdom purposes. And so just know today as you feel exhausted and there's so many other things that you feel like you could be doing, literally the greatest thing you can be doing right now in this moment is to be relying on the Holy Spirit to work in and through you to shepherd the hearts of the children that God has given you. And so with that said, I do want to just like take one quick minute and just pray for you. Mainly, maybe this is just for myself, bro, honestly, like... (laughs) But maybe I just feel the need to pause and to pray for you and for me, honestly. Jesus, God, you know how my morning started and how the morning started for my family. And I imagine that there are tens of thousands of other parents who are experiencing a similar day or have experienced similar days in the past. And Lord, you look down at us, you're with us, your children, and you see us, your children, trying to raise other children. And Lord, For many of us, God, we're just exhausted. We're really, really tired, like soul weary. Not just our bodies are tired, which they are, God, but our souls feel exhausted sometimes. And so, Lord, I'm praying for myself and for my friends listening that you would give us endurance today to run the race well. Lord, your scriptures say that your mercy is brand new every morning. I'm staring out a window right now and looking at the sun that has just come up. And God, in the same way that that sun has come up, God, I'm, I'm relying on your mercy to show up today because I need it. And I have a feeling a lot of my friends who are listening need your mercy today. God, that you would be gracious to us. I don't even know all of what that would entail for you to be merciful and gracious, but I do pray that you would be. And I'm just trusting for myself and for my friends listening that your mercy and your grace is sufficient for us today. It's what we need today, and it's enough for us today to carry us through. And so, God, we beg you for your mercy, and we beg you for your grace, and we beg you for endurance, God, that we would be long-suffering and patient and steadfast in the same way that you are with us. So we ask you now, Lord, when everyone else would want to give us advice on how to parent our, our children, God, we just ask you, Holy Spirit, the author of wisdom, the inventor of wisdom, would you give us some of that wisdom now to be able to lead our families? It's in your name we pray. Amen. 
there's a passage in Romans, there's this verse in Romans that says, God's kindness is meant to lead us to repentance. Meltdowns are, can be a normal thing in our house and in our family. And so we were experiencing one of these just earlier this week, and I was just feeling really, really tired and exhausted and frustrated. And again, sometimes my first inclination is to like just normally happens, I'll, I'll just say, <laughs> and you could probably relate to this. This normally happens at bedtime, or I would say some of the biggest things happen at bedtime. And that seems to be when I'm most frustrated because it's the last thing to happen. To get my kids in bed is the last thing that needs to happen before I can just finally get some rest. And I know so many of you are just yelling out amen as you are running on the treadmill and driving to work right now. Like there's just one little obstacle before I can finally lay in bed with my wife and maybe just capture like 30 minutes of quiet before the day finally ends. And so the last hurdle to that rest is my children going to sleep and I just need them to do it. And so when things go wrong at bedtime, it seems to be more frustrating and so this happened the other night where there was a big meltdown at bedtime and I'm just, I'm, everything in me wants to just lose it because I'm just like, man, if, if you could just go to bed, then I would finally get some rest. I, for whatever reason, you know, I, I was, I felt like maybe God led me to have more patience than I would normally have that on that particular night. And so there was a big brewing meltdown and I asked my daughter if she would go on a walk with me. And so we, this was late at night, like the kids were going to bed. So she was already like stoked in the middle of her meltdown that she could leave the house and do something other than go to bed. So that was a win for her. But I decided I'm just going to take her on a walk. So we went out of the house. It's cool, crisp, put her jacket on and we're walking down the street. And I purposely don't say anything mainly because I'm just super frustrated in this moment. And I just, I personally need to just like get some fresh air and to walk and to clear my head, but I'm with her. And so I don't say anything. And she just starts chatting like her. She kind of just switched in her thinking. She went from like it was going to be full down meltdown to she's out of the house and she's walking and she's got some fresh air. And so she just starts talking about all kinds of random things. And I'm just listening and we're walking and walking and walking. We're walking all around our block and I'm just listening and listening and listening. And then finally, as we loop around the last corner to start making our way back to our house, I just say, Hey, baby, I feel like we have disconnected. Like there's been some friction between us and I don't want that. I want to be connected with you. I want us to be in a good spot. And so what can we do to work this out? And so she shared a little bit. She was much different tone than when she was in the house. She was much kinder and softer and more willing to talk. And that was it. And as she was talking, as she was like kind of sharing some of the things that she was feeling and that were making her frustrated, I just reached down. I held her hand. So on the rest of the walk home, we just held hands. And I, again, I remained mainly quiet. Like I didn't say a lot. I wasn't giving big instructions. I wasn't correcting her behavior. I wasn't telling her all the things that I was frustrated about her that she did wrong. I just wanted to be with her and hold her hand and let her know I'm with her. And so she went to bed that night. We went to bed, woke up the next day. I'm in my office where I'm at right now, and I was working on some things in the office, and she comes up to me completely unprompted and just said, Daddy, I, I just want to say I'm really sorry for how you've been treating you lately. And bro, I feel like I, uh, I almost like lost. I didn't know if I was just going to like celebrate. Do we need to like run to the store and grab ice cream, or do I just like start weeping? Do I like, <laughs> I had no idea what to do, but it was a huge win. My heart was just overjoyed. I told her, I was like, this, I cannot tell you how much this means to me for you to say sorry. And immediately as she did that and we hugged, we held each other for a long time, hugged, which, you know, in these moments, we don't get a lot of these moments. And so I held her for a long time 
And she ended up going back to her room. And I thank God for that. And the first verse that came to my mind was that verse in Romans, uh, Romans 2.4. It's God's kindness that's meant to lead you to repentance. And I just remember thinking like, it wasn't my anger. It wasn't my discipline. It wasn't punishment. It wasn't my negotiations. It wasn't threatening to take things away that led her to change her behavior and to say, sorry, it was my kindness. It was literally just me trying to connect with her and to be kind to her, to hold her hand, to be with her instead of sending her off in a timeout or a punishment or whatever, just to, to be near her. It was all of that connection that literally led her to repentance. And man, there was such clarity for me to think, isn't this the way that God parents us? That it is his kindness that leads me back to repentance. It's his kindness. It's not his wrath or his punishment, but it's his kindness, his gentleness, his goodness, his faithfulness that leads me, that draws me back to the father's heart. And I just felt like, man, it was the kindness of my daughter's father. <laughs> it's weird for me to say in that in those terms since I'm talking about myself, but it was the kindness of her father that led her to repent. Listen, I've literally tried to shame my kids into like apologizing because I'm just, I get so frustrated. Not only is their behavior wrong, but then I'm frustrated that they don't see that it's wrong and that they apologize for it. And I've tried to shame them for that. I'm not, I'm embarrassed to say that. I'm not proud of that, but I've done everything to just like, don't, don't you get that what you've done is wrong and that you need to apologize for it. But listen, it was my kindness. It was just the kindness of taking this walk. And I don't want to like, even as I'm telling the story, I feel there's a part of me that feels weird because I'm not God. To even compare my kindness to God's kindness is ridiculous. I'm nowhere near. I don't even scratch the surface of the kind of kindness that God shows toward us. But first of all, so just don't hear that, please. I don't want you to think like, well, I'm trying to sound like I'm God and, you know, my Godness, <laughs> my Godlikeness had this huge epiphany and my, my, our lives were forever changed. I just told you about how my day started today. There was a huge meltdown. Okay. So this wasn't like a life changing thing. But it was a step forward. And I don't want you to think I'm telling you this because I'm, I'm like, God, I'm, I'm not like that in any way. I'm not trying to say that in any way. But I do think that the Holy Spirit as believers works in and through us. And so I'm telling you this for your own strategies of trying to follow Jesus better and to raise kids who love him more. I do believe that God was working in me, that his Holy Spirit works in me. I believe that. We don't talk about the Holy Spirit a lot in some Christian circles. But I do believe that the Holy Spirit has led me to give me the wisdom to even think, don't blow up on your kids right now, but calm down, go on this walk. I think it was the Holy Spirit that led, gave me the wisdom to do that. I think it was the Holy Spirit that gave me patience, beyond my own patience, to be kind and to be still and to be quiet on that walk, to first be a listener before I was a talker. I think it was the Holy Spirit that orchestrated that whole thing that led her to repentance. And so I'm just telling you that too as a parent. But I think the Holy Spirit, if you are a believer in Jesus, I think his spirit lives in you. First Corinthians 3, he lives inside of you. I think it's the spirit that reminds you who God is and what he says in his words. John 14, I think it's the Holy Spirit that gives you wisdom. Ephesians 1, Holy Spirit that intercedes for us when we're weak. Romans 8, it's the Holy Spirit that gives you power to live out the fruits of the spirit. Ephesians 5. And so even though you might feel like you're alone, like if you are a believer in Jesus, if you have trusted Christ as your savior, the Bible says, as weird and as confusing as this is, that he lives, he dwells inside of you. And it's that spirit inside of you that will allow you to do things that are beyond yourself. It gives you the power to do things beyond yourself. And so in all of that, I just felt this 
reminder, I feel this reminder today as I'm sitting at this desk trying to figure out what do I do. Uh, I felt the reminder that night as I walked around the block and was trying to figure out how to parent my child then that I'm not just parenting behavior, but I'm parenting hearts. Listen, my daughter will receive consequences for her actions that need to be. We don't need to be doormats. This doesn't mean our kids get to do whatever they want. We just kind of hold their hand and pat them on the back. Um, There is consequence for behavior. I think that's, we see that in the scriptures and that's good. There is discipline. I think the father disciplines us. That's all good. But more than just trying to change behavior, we're trying to parent hearts. And I can very quickly give consequences or or do what I need to do to try to get my daughter to behave differently so that she'll her behavior will change. But that's quick. Parenting her heart will be much slower and honestly a lot harder. And most of us are so tired and exhausted and frustrated and hopeless that we will stop at behavior modification. We'll stop at just trying to get them to change, to just stop doing what you're doing. We'll stop there and we'll skip completely over the heart shaping. And it's the heart shaping that God has called us to. It's what he does for us. Yes, there's discipline and there's consequences for action, but we cannot stop there. I'm reminded today, even in my frustration, even in my feeling scared and hopeless and embarrassed, everything in me just wants to discipline behavior. And that will happen. But even bigger than that, I'm asking God, God, will you give me the strength and the endurance to shepherd and to parent her heart the way that you do toward me? And so I just want you to remember today, I want to challenge you today that you are not just parenting behavior, you are parenting hearts. We're humans, man. Like every human wants to connect. You know what I mean? Like every human just longs to be connected. That's the way God wired us. And parenting behavior stops at that human connection. Your sons and your daughters want to be connected with as a human as much as you want to be connected with. And even though they may say they hate you or you're the worst parent or they can't believe the way that you're doing something or that you take away something or whatever the thing is, at the heart of all that, you strip all that down, you usually find kids who are scared, who are feeling big emotions and they don't know how to handle it. And what they really need is not for us to send them away, even though, listen, however you decide to, to punish or discipline, that's your own thing. I'm not smart enough to know all that stuff, but I do know after all of that or in the midst of all that, there still needs to be human connection that she would know, that he would know, I'm here for you. I'm with you. Your big emotions don't scare me away. I know what it's like to feel big things and I'm with you through it. I love you through it. What's going on beneath the surface? Behavior is always an indication of what's going on in the heart. And so we have to be reminded that we're not just parenting behavior, we're parenting hearts. I also want to remind you that some of you feel really far from God right now because subconsciously or consciously you think that God doesn't want to be near you because of your behavior. And I just want to challenge you to remember, I want to remind you that it's God's kindness that will lead you to repentance. In the same way that I wanted my daughter to come back to be in right relationship with me again. In that same way, God wants to be in right relationship with you. He wants to be near you, and it's not his punishment or discipline or anger that will draw you toward him. The Bible says, Romans 2, 4, it's his kindness that will lead you to repentance. And so my challenge to you, even as you're listening to this podcast right now, is that you would just pause for a minute and that you would have the courage to say, God, what do you think of me? 
many of you are thinking subconsciously or consciously that God thinks poorly of you, that he's mad at you, that he's disappointed with you, and so you are not drawing near to him. And so I would just ask you, would you have the courage to pause for a minute and to just ask God, God, what do you think of me? And if you're a believer in Jesus, if you trust Christ as Savior, then you are an adopted son or daughter, and he only has overwhelmingly good thoughts about you. When you pause as a believer in Jesus and you say, God, what do you think of me? It's only good thoughts. He's over the top in his love for you and his delight in you. And my prayer for you as a parent who's trying to parent your own child is that you would be drawn back to God through his kindness that that kind of kindness would draw you back in. And I just want to end with this last thought. For my friends who are also tired the way that I feel tired today, I want to remind you that there is a spiritual war happening around us and that the enemy will use the exhaustion of parenting to keep you far from God. He'll keep you far from your spouse, far from your community, and even far from your kids. And I'm just praying that we don't fall into that trap. Friends, we have one enemy, and it's not the people around us. It's not your spouse. It's not your kids. It's not the people around you. We have one enemy, one enemy who hates us and is doing everything he can to kill and destroy us. But we're reminded that we have the Spirit of God in us, the one who has overcome. You have what it takes because of the power of the Holy Spirit living through you to lead well. We have what it takes to lead well well because of what God is doing in us. Don't turn against your kids. Don't turn against your spouse. Don't draw away from your community. Remember that you have one enemy. Many of you are exhausted. You want nothing more than to slow down. You're tired. You want to sit down and take a break. I just want to leave you with these words from Hebrews 12. It says this, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Friends, don't stop running the race that's been set before you. It's worth it.